Uh, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for your many blessings, Lord. We, we sometimes uh, don't enjoy the rain, but, but Lord, we know that our earth needs it. Uh, our vegetation needs it. Our, the animals need it for, for, for drinking. And, and we just need to, Lord, sometimes look at some things that we're not happy with, but look at it as a blessing. And we thank you for the rain today, Lord. And, and we're glad that we're not under a drought right now and, and that you're replenishing the earth. And Lord, I pray today that you'll help, help us each to uh, look at what you have to say to us out of your word. And Lord, I pray that it helps us tomorrow and, and going forward, that it helps us to, uh, to change maybe the, the direction of our lives or to, or to at least enhance our lives, Lord, from what we learn from your word. Lord, I pray for those that may not be here today for, for illness, uh, sickness, or whatever it may be, Lord, that you'll touch them today. And, and uh, those that are traveling, keep them safe. All those that are doing missions all over the world, keep them safe, Lord, and, and keep them protected, Lord, and, and, and let their hard work, Lord, be fruitful. Lord, we love you, and we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Um, the, the title of my lesson today is Learning from Others' Mistakes. Others' mistakes. It kind of sounds funny now that I say it. Learning from others' mistakes. <laughs> okay, um, I read a devotion a few weeks ago, and, and it was pretty cool uh, how they paralleled something, which I'm going to get to in a minute, uh, to the Bible. But I wanted to start off today asking a bunch of questions for you guys. So y'all and y'all know y'all know me by now, and those that haven't heard me, I try to ask you questions to get your mind thinking. It helps keep you connected. It keep, helps to keep you involved. I don't want to get up here and, and, and you know, lecture because I, when I was in school, I'd just fall asleep in lectures. But um, So anyway, I'm going to ask some questions. Um, and I know that a lot of these questions, you know, you don't have to answer them out loud. Or if you feel like you want to answer it out loud, answer it out loud. But um, is anybody in here facing any tough decisions right now? You got, or this week? Or you know that's coming in a month or two. You know, you got a decision to make. Uh, you don't really know what, how to make it yet. Um, is anybody dealing with any situations, maybe at home or at work? Maybe with your parents. Maybe with your kids. Maybe with your neighbors. Um, any kind of tricky situations going on. Um, are you at a crossroad or a fork in the road? You don't know if you should go this way or this way, um, and you may not realize that you you may not realize you may not be at one right now. But tomorrow you might be at one. You know, Wednesday you might be at one. Whatever. So maybe something that we'll learn today will help us. Um, anybody ever been, made a mistake, <laughs> or more than once? I put more than once. Yeah, that's me. Anybody ever made the wrong financial decision or choice? No? <laughs> I went into real, I, not really real estate. I, I bought three houses in 2005, three other houses that I don't live in, in uh, 2005. Is that right? Yeah. That's been a long time ago now. But it seemed like a great thing to do at the time. <laughs> anybody, ever, anybody else own any real estate? <laughs> now, when I, when I wrote that question, if it was a mistake or not, I have to reiterate, because I, I did pray long and hard about it, and it felt at the right time, at that time, the Lord was saying it was okay, and maybe, maybe it was his, part of his plan for my life to be involved in that, and that way it'll keep me from making a decision later in the future that would be more harmful, 
So I can't say necessarily that it was a wrong mistake if, if I feel like God really ordained it. Um, but I don't second guess that. I, all right. Anybody ever responded to somebody the wrong way? Has anybody ever not responded to something when you should have responded? Like how many times do we keep our mouth shut for fear of criticism or fear of the person taking it the wrong way when we should have spoke up and maybe said something, spoke, to, spoke some wisdom to them out of the Bible? Um, we didn't get to it yet in Joseph, but what are some stories that we can learn from the Bible that will help us? Anybody think of some? Some of you might have a story, and I don't want to use the word story. I, I've been trying to change my word usage. Yeah, an event, an account. That's a good one, Mark. You know, we say story a lot of times, and we think of something that's not necessarily fact. So I don't want to refer to anything in the Bible as a story. I, I, the event, the account, I like that. Does anybody have an account in the Bible that you really, you kind of lean on it? You kind of use it as your motivation or your strength? Um, or maybe it's something that you see somebody, something that where somebody messed up, and it helps you not to make that mistake. Has anybody got anything like that? Anybody want to share anything with it about it? All right. Um, what are some things? Tell me some stories that y'all think about some events, <laughs> accounts. I keep saying story. Tell me some some uh, events that happened in the Bible that we can learn from today. What do y'all think about when you think of somebody that messed up in the Bible? And we can look at it today as, as a lesson where we should see it as a warning and change, you know, not do that again. Anybody, anybody can think of anything? Well, Brian, I was saying a couple weeks back, a few weeks ago, when you talked about Joseph and just incidents. But the scripture itself with Joseph, I mean, we, at least my family, myself, we, think, we tend to whine about everything that happens negative. When we look at Joseph, who was sold by his brothers into slavery, okay, Basically, his whole family, other than his dad, turned on him. Right. He's sold into slavery. He gets put in prison. He goes through trials for 13 years before he actually realizes that God has been preparing for him. Even to the point where he asked the baker, right, and, and, and so forth, the cupbearer, to remember him. They didn't remember him even after he told them what their dreams were. So I think I'll look at that. You're asking for something right, right. one of many, but I think of that one. Exactly right. Just like I was saying with the real estate deal. I mean, looking back, anybody looking at it in, in, in human, human nature-wise would be like, oh, that was a bad mistake. You know, you, but to me, I think it's helped me a lot uh, financially moving forward. And, and who knows what my future is going to be, be and what kind of decisions I'll have to make in the future based on something that I've learned. Um, as far as investing, you don't want to invest with somebody else's money. <laughs> That's what I learned. If you want to invest, use cash. <laughs> um, so anyway, what my, what my, this whole lesson revolves around a, a, a devotion I did a few weeks ago, and, and it was talking about black boxes. And we have a couple. Anybody in here that's a pilot that I don't know about? There's two pilots that I know of in the class, but they're not here today. Anybody else a pilot? Airline pilot? Kind of? Greg? Okay. Any, oh, cool. That's awesome. Okay, so black boxes. Who knows what a black box is? What do we use black boxes for? You don't have to be shy. Go ahead. 
Yes, there's a pilot's wife, and that's the, that's the, he's on his way, all right. Right. Exactly. I, I read all about it. The guy who invented it, nobody wanted to hear about it, and then somebody else took the ball and ran with it, like in the 50s, and, and they had different locations in the plane, and now they put, put it in the tail section because the tail section survives the best, and they make it out of these, you know, all this reinforced stuff. There's, there's actually two re there was two recorders in two different boxes at one time. Now both recorders are in one unit, and it's not really black, and it's not really a box. It's, for, it's like fluorescent orange, so they can see it easily. It, it's, if, it's in the, if it's in the water, it emits a sound where you can hear it. Um, but what, what, what it's, here, here you go. It's some of them FDR, flight data recorder, and then there's also the, the voice recorder. So one of them records all the things that goes on with the airplane, everything the airplane's doing, and the other one records, well, let me just read it. It makes more sense if I read it here. The other kind of recorder is a cockpit voice recorder, which, which records conversation in the cockpit, radio communications between the cockpit and crews, including conversation with air traffic controllers, as well as ambient sounds. I thought that was interesting. Ambient sounds, any kind of other sounds that it can pick up. So anyway, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool how it, and the purpose of it, who knows what the purpose of the, of the boxes are for? I mean, what would y'all think that it's for? Find out what went wrong, to learn from, from mistakes, or to learn, sometimes they're not mistakes, sometimes they're just flaws, little bitty, there's so many working parts, and, and I don't, I don't want to scare people from keeping from flying, you know, I, I didn't want to do that, so. Um, of course, y'all know the stats, it's safer to fly than to drive, so just, re just remember that. <laughs> do what? They're, yes, they're trying to put them in cars, a lot of, some cars have them, a cer to a certain extent, um, and there's still research going on with cars, but you're right. But we have all kinds of methods of, of recording. Um, I, I thought about also how football teams record tape. We're going to go watch tape. Who's, who in here plays football? Whoever's wa who's watched football tapes and film? Okay, what is the purpose of it, Mark? There's a couple purposes, but, but what do you think? That you've, yeah, mistakes you've made. Exactly. So football has become like a chess game. When you hear the announcers talking about a game of chess, what's, what's one coach going to do? They have, well, they have a whole several, a team of coaches on each side. And when people analyze tape so much, they, they, they look at their own mistakes, where they messed up, but then they, when they're going to play another team, they try to see what their habits are. They say, hey, okay, what are they going to do on third and short? Or what are they going to do on third and long? What, you try to guess what their habits are going to be, so when, they, when that situation happens in the game, you kind of know how to, how to play them. So what are some other things that we have to look back um, at past? I mean, we, we have home video recorders, right? We video, we have them on our phones now. <laughs> we, we record stuff all the time. There's a lot of things recorded, but a lot, of, a lot of the purpose for recording it is so that we can go back and remember what happened or to review what happened. But, but a lot of times it's for, it's for advancement. It's so that we can become better moving forward. So the devotion I did was kind of comparing the Bible to the black to a black box. You know, all the questions I asked 
about early, early on, all the answers are right here. I mean, all of them. There is nothing new under the sun. Um, my wife was sharing something with me the other day that I thought was really incredible, and, and I, was, I didn't have time to, to, to look it up, but she was reading to me out of Matthew Henry's commentary what, what it was saying about the Bible, and it went right along. I mean, it sounded like it was written last week about how we should not strive to have all these things that, that really, you know, just living in the flesh and, and, and talking about houses and living, in, you know, living above your means instead of within your means and things like that. And, and I thought I found it just really interesting. It just sounded like so relevant. Uh, open up, go ahead and open up your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 10. 1 Corinthians 10, we're going to read the first 11 verses real quick. Actually, I have in my notes to read it slowly. <laughs> so we're not going to read it real quick. Sometimes I read, you know, you get on a mission. You're like, okay, I got four pages here. I'm still on the first page. So you're like, oh, we better hurry up. And you read through the scripture real fast because as a teacher, you already know what it says. But I need to read it slowly because this is very, this is very cool. Talking, and keep in mind about the black box stuff, okay? And the Bible's our black box, all right? Everybody there? 1 Corinthians 10, we're going to do 1 through 11. And it's kind of broken up into two sections. The first five verses and then the, and then the, the next, um, I guess it's five verses as well, even though we went to 11, six verses, whatever. All right, moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware. Now, look how many times they say all. It's five times, okay? I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud. Now, this is Paul speaking, okay? He's, he's reminding the, the church at Corinth about the children of Israel when they fled Egypt, headed to Canaan, okay? He's trying to tell them they're going through some of the same struggles that, that the Israelites did. And so he's trying to warn them, okay? He's trying to say, here, I've already, I've got a black box for what happened back then in Moses' day, so y'all need to hear what happened. So they're going through some of the same struggles. Okay, so, so verse 2, all were baptized unto, into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. All ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of the spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. Listen to this. But, mo but with most of them, God was not well pleased. All right? For their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. You see that? For most, with most of them, God wasn't, was not well pleased. So he was, he was unhappy with, with most of them. All right? Verse 6. Now these things become our examples. Now yes, Paul's telling the church at Corinth about it, but, but this, this applies to us today. All right? That's why we have every word in this book and why it's so special and, and miraculous it's, there's just there's so many words you could use to describe the bible but but these things become our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they lust they also lusted and do not become idolaters as were some of them as it is written and i wrote down beside here as it is recorded since we're talking about recordings the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play nor let us commit sexual immorality, as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 fell. I, I looked into that. 23,000 died in one day. Of course, Numbers has, has it as 24,000, and they go into this debate that it might have been in between 23 and 24, but they just say one of them rounded up and one of them rounded down. Um, but, they, but they were all killed because they were worshiping this fertility 
God of Baal. All right? And, and, and God caused this plague to come over him, and 24,000 people died in one day, all right? Um, am I, okay, verse 9. Nor let us tempt Christ. That's, that's a deep statement right there, and I, and I hope to get to some of that. Nor let us tempt Christ. As some of them also tempted and were destroyed by serpents. Nor complain. <laughs> Jeff was just talking about that a minute ago. And, and, and I find myself complaining all the time. Has anybody else complained? <laughs> we don't really realize it. It's like human nature. It's like, it's like our everyday language to some people. Y'all know any of them people? It's all they do is complain. Somebody out there in the hall, I see you pointing that way. <laughs> As some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now, all these things happened to them as examples, again, and they were written or recorded for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Okay, so the devotion I was doing stopped right there, but look at verse 11. This is pretty cool. I mean, verse 12, sorry. This, you can do a whole Sunday school lesson on this right here. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Have you all ever heard that verse before? That's pretty good, isn't it? So you might, we might just read through all those things that they, that they did that he was warning them about, and you might be in your seat saying, oh, I'm good. You know, I'm not practicing any sexual immorality. I'm not complaining. I'm not worshiping idols. I'm not tempting God. Take heed. Don't think that you stand because you could fall. There's a saying that Pastor Johnny said a few years ago, and I, I, I've, I haven't heard him say it in a while, but I've said it several times in Sunday school in the last couple of years, and a lot of people, they're like, oh, they, they emailed me. What did you say again? But listen to, listen to it this way. An unguarded strength is a double weakness. Think about it that way. If you, you might be strong in an area. You might think you're strong in an area. Make sure that you continue to guard that. Because when you think that you've arrived or you've already accomplished that, you know, there's another one that's funny. We're only one second from stupid. <laughs> We're one second away from stupid. All right? Remember that one too. All right, let's go back to verse 9 real quick. Do not tempt Christ. Um, Galatians 6, 7 says this. And this is, I don't know why this came to me, but I think about this quite often and, and because I learned this verse in a different way. Um, it's... it's if y'all want to open it up, you can, but I'll just read straight to you. I'm going to read several versions of Galatians 6, 7 from different uh, interpretations, uh, different Bibles. But it says this, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. Have y'all heard that verse before? Be not deceived, God is not mocked. Um, the NIV says it this way, Do not deceive do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. Okay, that kind of changes it a little bit. The version I learned in the King James Version is God is not mocked, but the NIV says God cannot be mocked. In other words, God is God. He cannot be mocked. You, you cannot tempt him because he will not be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Okay, now listen to this. Um, the Common English Bible says this, Make no mistake. Instead of be not deceived, make no mistake, God is not mocked. A person will harvest what they plant. So what I do 
what I do is take three or four versions together, and I come up with my, this isn't my own thing, this is a combination of the three different uh, interpretations, but, but here's how I hear it. Make no mistake, God cannot and will not be mocked. We get what we plant, and we're planting every day. We are planting every day in what we do and what we sow. So y'all make sure that what you're planting and what you're speaking into people's lives is something that you really want to harvest. Because um, I do a lot of planting of things that's, that's garbage. <laughs> and that's what's going to grow from it, is garbage. Um, don't ask me how I took those things from Corinthians and went that direction, but it, but it just reminded me when it says, don't tempt Christ. That's one way we tempt Christ. We go around sowing all these things that aren't of Christ, and remember, God will not and cannot be mocked. So in other words, since God is God, what we do, our planting is going to grow. That's what's going to happen. Um, real quick, another verse that talks about the Bible being our black box in Timothy 3, 16. says, all scripture is given for inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So you, you have a decision you're, you're facing this week? You have a situation that you're dealing with? You don't know how to handle it? Scripture is given for inspiration from God. It's profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction. We, we sometimes look in the wrong places. It's all right here. We have to spend, we have to wake, wake up every day and, and really, if you start your day off in the Bible, you wouldn't believe how many situations come about where you actually handle them the right way, whereas before you might not. Um, sorry, I keep looking at my watch. We're Listen, I was doing a devotion yesterday, okay? I, I try to do at least the Proverbs a day along with some other stuff. And if, and if any of you guys don't have a regular daily devotional and you don't want to, you don't, I mean, you don't have a, a book or a guide, of course, you don't need one. There's so many tools nowadays that used to never exist. I mean, the Bible used to be enough. Um, and I don't know if it's a good thing. It is a good thing that we have all these extra tools, so don't get me wrong. But, but really, we don't really need them if we really can, can dig in. Now, a new Christian may not understand the language, and, and you might want to get a different you know, version. I, I really here lately have loved the Common English Bible. I mean, does anybody, have, anybody read the Common English Bible? That's pretty cool. I read some of, the, some of the interpretations out of this. And on the Internet now, like if you're on Our Daily Bread and you click on a verse and it pops up, I think it's Bible Gateway. It's like the largest uh, Bible. You can Google anything or in, on Internet Explorer or Firefox or whatever, and it always go, defaults to, that, to their website. So it's pretty cool is you can hit parallel, and you can, and you can look at the same verse next to another version, and you can select from I don't know how many different versions there are of the Bible, but it's really cool. But Proverbs 23, yesterday I was reading this. In verse 12, this stuck out. Apply your heart to instruction and your ears to words of knowledge. Well, the common English version says, bring your heart to instruction. Bring your heart to instruction. I thought that was interesting. I also looked up the word apply. What, apply, what, apply, what does apply mean? Apply means to bring into nearness or contact with something. Put it on. You know, like to apply an ointment or something. You're putting it, you're putting it on. Um, there's several definitions, but one of them is to put into action, to devote oneself or one's efforts to something. Um, we're not going to 
naturally, we're not going to automatically know which directions to go. We're going to have to actually put forth an action. Um, I was talking to, to Tanya. She's not here today. She's at home with our youngest daughter. So, I, so my oldest daughter, Lindsay, she says, I'll go, I'll go with you and be your support because I was kind of bummed out. I like, I like my wife to be here because she keeps me on the line. You know, she tells me what all I messed up on <laughs> afterwards. No, not really. She doesn't. She doesn't voluntarily. Yeah. Do what? Like what? That's right. My black box. Because I have no idea what I say sometimes when I'm up here. She's like, you know, the one time I was, I was in here. Miss Janet was even in here. And I was talking about Pastor Johnny um, having colon cancer and it was prostate and I'm like oh my gosh and it, it's going to be all over the whole church that he had colon cancer and it wasn't so if anybody's listening to this video or this, this recording <laughs> this recording where I messed up before I, I, I didn't know what he had but I just said it the wrong said it wrong so but anyway um, I don't know where I was where that rabbit was going I was just chasing it I was chasing the rabbit anyway we're not naturally we're not going to be drawn to instruction we're not going to automatically know all the answers now, the more, we, the more we commit ourselves to the Bible, the more we hide the Word on our heart, it does, we take it with us. That's why the Bible talks about hiding God's Word on your heart, memorizing it. You take it with you. There's going to be times where you don't have the Word, and the only way to, for it to affect you or to impact you is to have it recorded in your mind. But the only way to do that is you have to bring yourself to it. You have to, oh, that's what I was going to say when I was talking about my wife. She knows all these, you know, present action. What is, what, is, what is the word that I'm, an action verb, okay? When it says to bring your heart, she knows that what, it's like a five-word thing, whatever it is in, in English. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I don't know English, so. <laughs> I'm, you know, Pastor Johnny dropped out of school because he had to give a public book report. I, I probably dropped out of school because of the English. You know, I'd have to, I would have dropped out because I hate English. Uh, so anyway, I don't know. But it does make sense. Bringing yourself is a verb. It's an action. You have, to, you have to put forth the effort. When you get up in the morning, naturally, if you're honest with yourself, and like I do many times, I roll out of bed and I'm working. I mean, like, sometimes the phone gets me up, okay? Something's going on. Because uh, in my business, we start real early, earlier than I like. I'm a night owl. I could stay up, you know, late. I'm, I do better at night than I do in the morning. How about that? Anybody else like that? And then there's some people that at 9 o'clock, you're, you know, you're gone, but, but at 5 in the morning, you're, you're, you're like a bullet out of a gun. So anyway, if you roll out of bed and, and, you're just gonna, and you just go with the way the day is bringing you, you're not going to find yourself in the Word more than likely. So you have to actually set it in your mind to make a commitment to do so. Um. One example I want to tell you about, I, a couple years ago I bought this, this, this road bike, a, a bicycle, okay, 20, I guess it's 20 gears, I don't even know, they don't have numbers on them, you know, <laughs> so you know what I'm talking about. Um, so I bought this bike, bicycle, to start riding some, and, and uh, Greg, you know what I'm talking about. So you have to have all the gear. So you go and buy the clothes, and of course I always said to myself, I'm never going to wear that on a bike, and... <laughs> And then I got on a bike without those shorts and said, I need to go get those shorts. <laughs> so you get the helmet, you get everything, and then, I, and then they had these cool glass sunglasses that, that I bought that have the, uh, you have some, Tifosi, I think he makes them. But they have different interchangeable lenses. 
And in the lenses in the corners, they have little cutouts, you know, so that as you're riding and you're, and you're producing heat, you don't, you don't sweat and they don't fog up because the, the breeze blows through them. And at night, you can change out to clear lenses, or if it's cloudy, you can change out to them orange where they, they illuminate everything. So I bought these glasses, and I, and I really like them, and, and uh, wear, you know, wear them when I'm riding, wear them when I run. Of course, I don't look much like an athlete right now, but anyway, one day, probably f- four or five months ago, I, was, I started looking for those sunglasses because I wanted to wear them or whatever, and, and I couldn't find them anywhere. I mean, I'm looking everywhere. I'm asking the kids, have you ever seen my glasses? And if y'all don't know me, I'm not one that misplaces stuff all the time. I'm, I'm pretty anal. I'm, I'm <laughs> I mean, I, I wasn't in the military, but... You know, I probably would fit in good because I, everything has its place, and, and I'm pretty analytical about stuff. So I don't really lose things. I, I know where everything's at. Everything has a place, and I put it there. And, well, I couldn't find them, okay? So I just chalked it up as I, I lost them or stole them, or somebody stole them, or I, you know, I left them somewhere. Um, so time goes by, and I forgot all about them. Well, I was cleaning out my truck a couple weeks ago, and and I was under my back seat, and there was, this, there was my sunglasses in, in the case. They have a case. And I'm like, well, how about that? And what was funny about it is, don't ask me why, but it brought my mind back to the Bible. The whole time, of course, I didn't tear my truck apart looking for them. I mean, I looked all over the house, and, and I looked in my truck, but I didn't lift the seat and look all the way back, you know, where the jack is and all that stuff under the seat. But what came to my mind was it was there, they were there the whole time I was looking for them. I mean, within three or four foot of me. But I didn't know it. I didn't tear my truck apart and search for them. Our, our answers are here. It's, it's been here all the time. They've been here before we were born. I mean, they'll be here long after we're gone. But we have to search for them. We have to search for it sometimes. I'm telling you, this, this book is so amazing. It will, it will make you a different person if you'll rely on it. If you'll, use, if you'll use the Bible for some of your decisions, it'll make you a different person. It'll bring you places you've never been before. And what time do I need to quit, Jeff? About five more minutes? Okay, we've got three minutes. I'm just going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to skip what I was going to read. Um, Oswald Chambers had a cool thing about Y'all think about this verse real quick, okay? If I can find it real quick. I numbered my pages so I wouldn't... um, Romans 6, 16. Okay, listen to this. Do you not know that to whom you present yourself slaves to obey, you are that one's slave? I read this verse a few months back. Do you not know that to whom you present yourself slaves to obey, you are that one slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness? I just got to thinking, if we, if we just live our lives every day without consulting the Bible, without consulting God, we're going to go the way of the world. It's just natural. The world is steamlining down a road towards hell. And we're going to get caught up in it and just be drugged right with them. If we don't say that, hey, I'm, I'm going to be a slave to, to the Lord. You know, who do you obey? First of all, who, what drives you? Do you have any idols? Do you have anything that comes before God? Is there anything that's more important than godly things, than church, than 
than fellowshipping with other Christians. Just questions to ask yourself. You know, you are going to be a slave to whom you obey. It reminds me of a person who's struggling with alcohol, and they go ask another alcoholic, hey, man, how can I, how can I do better at this? Or how many times have you seen a person or people that's going through marital problems, okay, the husband and wife are split up, and they both seek people who's already been through it, and they're split up. I mean, what kind of advice? You actually go to get advice from the people that where you really want to end up where they're at or whatever. You, you, need, to, you need to seek godly advice from, from, from people when, you need, when, you, when you're looking for people. To, uh, and in Proverbs, if you read Proverbs today, I just read this this morning. A wise man is strong. Yes, a man of knowledge increases his strength. Verse 6, for by, for, for by wise counsel you will wage your own war, and in a multitude of counselors there is safety. I mean, there's this whole Bible, I mean, just every day, read a proverb today. If you don't know which one to read, today's the 24th, I read chapter 24. I mean, there's 31 chapters. It's pretty awesome. All right, so to wrap it up and to make everything make sense, are you looking for direction in an important decision you need to make? Or do you simply need need some help with things that seem to be going on wrong in your life or whatever? Um, Life's black box, the Bible, has all the recordings we need to know on what to do. We just have to bring ourselves to review the recordings. All right? So that's, that's my lesson today. It's, it's pretty simple. Um, the key things is just, just to remember we need to, we need to bring ourselves to it, but it, and it has all the answers that we need. I didn't really, it's kind of a different type of lesson than I've done before. I didn't really capitalize on any particular event or account in the Bible, but, but that, that, that just spoke, to, that's just been speaking to me for the last couple of weeks. Um, a lot of you guys have, you know, you're in business, you have a job to do. A lot of, you know, everybody has a job to do. Every, you're a parent. You know, if you're not a parent, you're a child. You're, you're a, you might be a sibling, a coworker. You, there's so many things that, that, that this can apply to, but we need, we need God's help. We need, to, we need to seek the answers. It's right here. Like I was saying with those sunglasses, they were within three feet of me for, for months, lost. And, and the same thing is, is with the Bible. All the answers are right here. We just need to look, look for them. So anybody got anything you want to add to? Um, Tina? That's exactly right. There's some there's some people that know the Bible backwards and forwards, but you would never know it by judging by their actions and the way they live, because they don't have it in their heart. They don't make it their everyday life or their their guide to actually live by. Um, so let's let's pray. We'll we'll go to uh, care groups. Thank you guys so much for listening. Y'all y'all are all pretty pretty good and attentive. So that's good. I hope it helps you sometime this week. Um, hey, read read through Luke. Uh, or Matthew 25, I was reading it yesterday, today's Palm Sunday, so I was trying to think about, you know, 2,040 something years ago, Jesus entered Jerusalem on today, on a donkey, and they, lay, and they paved the whole road with their clothes and palm branches and everything, it's like the, where the red carpet comes from today, I mean, he, 
it's just awesome. And, and throughout that week, up to the crucifixion, that's when he gives all these lessons that we, that we still read about today. So if you're looking for a good devotion to do this week, read each day what he's going through as he's leading up to his crucifixion and then, and then of course, to his resurrection next Sunday. So that, just a cool thought that I thought about uh, yesterday. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for this time. Lord, we thank you so much for the opportunity, Lord, to stand here and, and to speak out of your word. Lord, I thank you so much for what you've taught me in this lesson. Lord, I pray you'll help me to remember it and to actually apply it and help me to, to bring my heart to you, Lord, to your instruction every day. Lord, I pray if there's somebody in here struggling with something today, Lord, that you can give them freedom today over it. Um, speak to them. Help them to find the truth in your word, Lord, that would help them in their lives. Lord, we love you again, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.